What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 324th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ. With me today, Will. I have. I don't know if I've said this before, but if you stop drinking caffeine, the, the, what happens is you have to pay back all the hours of sleep that you didn't take because you were using caffeine to stay awake. And that's I'm paying that price now. You you gave up caffeine? Oh heck yeah! What? Oh never mind. This is gonna be a long, drawn out. I hear it in your voice. <laughs> what? I just I I want caffeine to work when I need it to work. So that only happens if you are not drinking coffee every day. I mean, I gave up caffeine for didn't like give up caffeine, but I significantly reduced my caffeine intake intake a couple of years ago i think it was more of cutting out sugar because soda is just laced with it yeah well that's very true but i also don't drink sugary sodas so i shouldn't be drinking soda at all i've relapsed into pepsi town but i will get out of it i will get past this greg how is your pepsi town good you know caffeine's like my only vice so i feel like i need something i saw you smoking cigarettes <laughs> dude do not lie like that william <laughs> if anything i'd vape and that's oh, real nasty oh. <laughs> you could you could vape that sweet pepsi flavor <laughs> you can't there are so many times that i've come home to these to the bizarre smell of caramel corn mist throughout my house because my husband has been vaping Coca-Cola flavor or strawberry wow. lemonade flavor or whatever oh, nutty dear. flavor yeah, but it's, exists. It's never called Coca-Cola. It's called right. like a Cola La Coke or something like that. Cola La Coke. <laughs> my favorite thing is there's his favorite vape shop. It has a sign in the front that makes me laugh every time we pass. It says, we vape, we vote. <laughs> oh, of course they do. <laughs> This episode's already off to a disaster. If, you, if you're new here, welcome. This is actually a Pokemon podcast, not a vaping podcast. But last week, we had Giant Bomb's Jeff Gerstman on. So if you missed that, that's last week's episode. Also, if you like Giant Bomb, maybe that was your first time listening because of Jeff. We have had Dan Reichert on. You go back in our archive or you just search for it on SoundCloud or on iTunes. You should be able to find it. We had Dan Reichert on as well, who is part of Giant Bomb. It felt weird not putting out an episode last week, except I did. It's just that it was like auto scheduled and everything was taken care of, and I edited it, edited it early. But I was at the Pokemon World Championship last weekend, and I have some stuff to say about that. Are you the grand champion now? I am. I won. What? I won all of them. I won Pokin. <laughs> I won. Uh, <laughs> you won wow. the game you hate. I even won the juniors division of the VGC. They let me in. I just shaved my beard and I fit right in. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's do some other Pokemon news, and then we have some news that ties back. There was some announcements at the Pokemon World Championships that we'll cover here. And yeah, I think that'll probably be our episode. We have a little bit, not a lot of news to catch up on, but just news that probably has a lot of talking points, I suppose. Let's, talk about, let's start off with the September news here. Latias and Latios are available now as of this episode going up via the Nintendo network for pretty much everyone that is not in the U.S. For all your smooching needs. Latios and Latias are available at Best Buy for your USA needs. Uh, available Best Buy? 
Yeah, Best Buy this time. Available yeah. September 2nd through September 29th. It was funny because I remember Will and I specifically talking about like, why don't they ever do Best Buy? And then I said, aren't there more Best Buys than like Target or GameStop? Because those were the ones Pokemon have always done. They did like uh, the Charizard back at Target right around Christmas time. Obviously, they've been doing GameStop for years. I know they've done other Pokemon at Target, but Charizard was like prior to them doing the legendary stuff. And I think we looked up, Will, that there are not nearly as many Best Buys as there are targets and there are more GameStops than targets correct which is weird. There's like a GameStop around every corner <laughs> it's very weird to think about but these two legendary pokemon uh, are from the hoenn region from september 2nd to the 29th you can receive latias for your ultra sun or sun game or latios for your ultra moon or moon game the level 100 versions of them will have the ability levitate will have a gold bottle cap Latias will know Mist Ball, Psychic, Draco, Meteor, and Tailwind. The Latios will know Luster Purge. I've never heard of this move. Psychic. I've heard of that before. Draco, Meteor, and Luster Purge. Tailwind. What the heck does Luster Purge do? It purges the luster. Oh, okay. Is that a vape flavor as well? Yes, it is. Got Uh, it. It's blackberry and lemonade. Purged then, luster. <laughs> and the level sixty Pokemon will just have a regular bottle cap, and will know Mist Ball, Dragon Pulse, Psycho Shift, and Wish. And the Latios will know Luster Purge, Dragon Pulse, Psycho Shift, and Dragon Breath. The Pokemon Center will have the Latios Latias Legendary Pin Pack on their website. Uh, it looks like there will be a TCG Dragon's Majestic collection that has a couple booster packs in it and then a latios and latias card that you can probably get anywhere they sell the tcg stuff did you guys get your uh tornadises and tor- or no tornadus and your thunderuses at what was that target best buy or no gamestop no gamestop gamestop i remembered literally the last day and walked in and i'm like can i get some and like yep we still have them. I'm like, oh, thank God. Because usually the GameStop by me checks them out like the morning that they're supposed to be gone. Yeah. It's like, whoop. Also, be patient with your best buys. Um, they're new to this and may not know that they have the cards. I really hope that they just put them out like Target does. Put them out so I can just grab 50 and leave. Why do you need 50? I don't know. <sighs> if it's free, you need a lot of it. Right. A new time slot for the Pokemon anime in Japan. This is off Bulba News. TV Tokyo has announced that new episodes of the Pokemon anime will be moved from Thursday's JST to Sunday's JST, 8.55 to 18, 18, uh, which I think is 6 p.m. American time. Uh, From the beginning of October 7th, the final episode to air in the current time slot will be September 13th, followed by a two-week break. They're trying to kill the show. I feel like no, that's what that I have means. no idea. Wait, they no. It's just they're uh, changing it so it's not against such strong competition. Isn't it now opening before Buruto? Ooh, that's a good slot. Yeah, I think it's like moving to a really good slot, even though it's on a Sunday. Oh, okay. As new Baruto episodes on Sunday? Is that a thing? I think so. I have to remember when it pops into our simulcast, and I think it pops in on Sundays. Or mm-hmm. Monday morning. 
All I pay attention to is My Hero Academia. I know, so I, I haven't have no watched idea. it. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it either. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> I got some Pokemon Go news here. Unlock Moltres Day during Professor Willow's Golden Challenges of Pokemon Go Live, or sorry, PokemonGoLive.com. My my mistake. Trainers, the final challenge is here. It's time to come together and work on the last round of Professor Willow's Global Challenge, happening September first and second during the Safari Zone event in Yokosuka, Japan. If certain areas of the world can meet challenge requirements, they'll unlock Stardust bonus for catching Pokemon, hatching eggs, including a guaranteed 3,000 Stardust for every raid starting September 3rd at 1 p.m. PDT. Until September 10th, trainers can also unlock bonuses to earn star pieces that will last for one hour. If the challenge is completed, which it is, by the way, spoiler, the challenge is done. We did it. Wow, really? Of course we did it. Trainers worldwide will receive up to five free raid passes for Moltres Day, which will feature the legendary Pokemon Moltres. Moltres. On September 8th, Moltres will be available in raid battles for around the world for a three-hour period. It will know the flying move Sky Attack. If you are lucky, you may be able to encounter a shiny Moltres. So uh, get ready and go. We will see you out in the field, trainers. So that is what we said, September 8th. That's this coming weekend for Maltrace. It should be the same time your community days are. So if your community day is always from 2 to 5, that's what your Maltrace will be, just like the last ones. The Stardust stuff will start, if you're listening to this podcast on Monday morning, it will start Monday afternoon, and that will last for the full week. And Shiny Wing, by the time this episode is over, the boosted encounters and... Shiny rates for Wingle will be over, but any Wingle in the future should still have a chance of being shiny. And as of the Yokosuka event in Japan, they snuck in shiny Growlithe. So you will be, if you see any fire dogs running around, they have a chance of being shiny as well. If you care about that. Oh, nice. And then I think uh, we're done with the, after the Moltres day, we're done with summer stuff. So yeah. summer's over. Kids are back in school. Yep. Maybe I, maybe I misread it, but I thought there was like, if you hit all three global, global challenges, a final one unlocks. Yeah. That's what I thought. Cause you were saying that it's going to be Mewtwo. I definitely did not say it was going to be Mewtwo. <laughs> Somebody said Mewtwo it was going to be Mewtwo. I'm sure people who haven't ever gotten a Mewtwo hope it will be Mewtwo. Cause those are the only people demanding it at this point. Like me. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would assume it would be Lugia at that point, where they would do like three-hour Lugia raids. They've had so many Lugia events. Give me a... But they oh, they I, really they haven't. They, they launched with Lugia. They brought Lugia back because of the three bird things. So that was in Gen Con, I think, when we had that. So that was like a month after they announced Lugia. They brought back Lugia again for like a week or so, and that's what the first time it was shiny. And then they brought back Lugia... The one year anniversary. And that was it. So really not a lot. And before people are like, that's a lot. I mean, get ready to get every single legendary Pokemon on rotation a million times going forward. <laughs> because at some point, <laughs> we're going to run out of Pokemon. There are only so many legendary Pokemon to rotate out. I mean, they'll just make more. That's true. I can't wait until all the uh, Reggies are gone because people 
some some uh, Pokemon Go players are sick of them for them to return like I don't know who would they return after that I don't know like Latias or Latios and they'll be like ah oh, why we already had these I'm so mad <laughs> <laughs> like bring me Gen Four legendaries I hate to break it to you none of those Pokemon are that good either do you really want Mess Spirit Azelf and <laughs> Yuxi yes. oh they yeah I do Deoxys and Jirachi first yeah but they ain't gonna bring you mythical Pokemon right away. Uh, they're Gen Three. Give me. I like I like the little um. What are the that trio? What are they called? The Lake Spirit. Spirit trio are the Lake Spirits. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah, them. Yeah, Mess Spirit, Yuxi, and uh, Azo. I think one of them is actually decent. I think the other two are kind of not great for battling. I don't remember which one it is. I want to say it's Azelf. Maybe yeah, is the better one. I think it's Azelf. That's the most competitively viable if you're into that sort of thing. I don't know. New rotation. <laughs> I want to play in the in the next VGC World Championships if I have the opportunity. Speaking of the next VGCs, this was announced at Worlds. Look at that transition. This is off uh, Pokemon.com. Uh, but get ready for a legendary video game championship series. Check out the full details below. Major changes are on the way that will make the video game championships more exciting than ever for the 2019 series. Battles will be shifting to the GS Cup battling format on September 4th. The players will need to devise new strategies as soon as the 2018 World Championship ends. Uh, Last seen during the 2016 Video Game Championships, this popular format will permit players to use two two of the most powerful legendary Pokemon on their teams. Uh, such as Mewtwo, Groudon, and Necrozma, up to two of the most powerful. Le- oh, because you're limited to two legendary Pokemon. I remember this. Battles in this year's video game championships will stay fresh due to the additional rule change that will apply throughout the season. The 2019 video game championships will be split up into three series, each featuring a slightly different rule set. The season will kick off with the Sun series, followed by the Moon series, and then followed by the Ultra series. In the Sun series, not only will Rayquaza not be permitted to use Dragon Accent, but also the Red Orb and the Blue Orb items and all Z-Crystals and Megastones will be prohibited. Oh, wow. Looks like Pokemon needs some new data. Players will also be able to test out their strategies as soon as the Sun series begins on September 4th by completing, competing in the raiding battles using championship battle format on the Pokemon Global link. Uh, All the tournaments are part of the 2019 video game championships will include the following rules. All battles will be double battles and be played in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Pokemon Ultra Moon. All Pokemon from the National Pokedex 001 through 807 are allowed with the following restrictions. Mythical Pokemon and Ash Greninja are not permitted. Players may only include two of the following Pokemon on their teams. Mewtwo, Lugia, Ho-Oh, Kroger, Groudon, uh, no, it's Kyogre, uh, Rayquaza, <laughs> Dialga, Palkia, Giratina, Reshiram, Zekrom, Kirim, or maybe it's Kirium, uh, Xerneas, Yvatel, or Yvatal, however you say it. I haven't figured that one out yet. Zygarde, Cosmog, Cosmoem, 
Sogaleo or Sogaleo or Sol Geppetto, Lunala, and Necrozma. I like this because the problem the last time that they did this was that uh, it was all like Groudon and Kyogre and occasionally Rayquaza, and that was all the teams. This is well, an improvement. This is the first time we're going to be seeing so. This is the first time I believe Sogaleo and Lunala True. have been yeah. in a format. And Necrozma, of course, but... <sighs> Should have soft reset it for a good nature. Just drop the ball. There's time. That's all right. Just buy more copies of the game. Play, this is buy another like, copy. Play through. This is actually really smart. I was hoping that like when they announced, they were like... When they said there's like three series, I was hoping one of them would be like Let's Go. Like, as, as much as there's speculation where there might not be held items or abilities or stuff, heck, I can play Pokemon Stadium Battles and have a heck of a time. And there was no held items there, and I was using rental Pokemon. I can have fun with any kind of battle series if I wanted to. But this is actually pretty smart, because even though Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee is coming out, if that, get, if, if that, is, if that is what we believe to be people's first Pokemon game, and every po- every series, every generation is somebody's first Pokemon game. But if their goal with this game is to get more people in the series in order to compete or in order to do this kind of stuff, they're still going to be probably selling Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon throughout the entire year alongside with Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. So they're really, I think, get putting some legs on these games for another year. Um, if you care about like the competitive aspect or if you just are dying for mo- more Pokemon after this holiday. Pokemon must have the Alola symbol showing they were caught in the Alola region. Duplicate Pokemon are not allowed. Duplicate held items are not allowed. All Pokemon are set to level 50, including Pokemon below level 50. Players will have seven minutes of your time and up to five minutes from up to from up from five minutes in 2018 uh and the following rules will be placed during the respective series okay so the sun series is lasting september 4th through july 7th z crystals and megastones are not permitted blue orb and red orb not permitted and rayquaza is permitted but it is not allowed to know the move dragon ascent the Moon series will start January 8th and go through April 1st. This, this word is dumb. Ultra Necrosium Z is not permitted. <laughs> but other Z crystals are permitted. Mega Stones are not permitted. Blue Orb and Red Orb are not permitted. And Rayquaza, again, is not allowed to know the move Dragon Ascent. And then from April 2nd to the actual World Championships, all moves and all items obtainable through normal gameplay are permitted. Which means you could have Mega Rayquaza and Ultra Necrozma on your team. It's just a a very... I mean, it's so clear to me that they want balancing data for their next set of games and they want to see how Z crystals and how mega stones are actually used competitively in two formats. Like it's like all of this just screams to me, Hey, we are going to put together a whole bunch of data collection for 2019. So we can see what we have to change and fix for a future 
VGC and how to make this either more competitive or how we're going to add things. Like, the fact that they broke it up into three different things and it, like, there's nothing and then we add a little bit and then everything is just, it's fascinating to me that, that they just, uh, like, it's just feels like bald face. Hey, we need data, so <laughs> pony up. We need to know what to make. Are we adding another type? What are we doing? Well, yeah, but I also think they're trying to avoid where it was It was really just like Primal Groudon, Primal Kyogre, and Rayquaza that dominated that whole series, that time when they allowed uh, other legendaries to be on your team. And, you know, occasionally you'd see a little kid with Mewtwo, and <laughs> guess what? Mewtwo ain't that great. Nope. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting that they're kind of like ramping it up. They start with like, you can't have anything. And then, you know, as time goes on, you're adding in little pieces here and little pieces there. So it probably is like testing for balancing. Yeah. But well, the, new, I think it's the also... new game will be out before. Oh, no, the new game will be done before yeah. this is complete. So maybe that's just an indication that they're completely getting rid of all z crystals and mega evolutions. Well, I, I to me it feels like they are testing to see which method worked better. Z crystals or mega crystals and so that when they go forward they know what to make more of. I feel like you can get away with removing z crystals cuz it's just a held item and it's just an extra like move. But I feel like at this point you can't get away from removing mega evolution. <laughs> I don't think they'll get rid of it, but I think I think they'll decide if they're going to make more. Yeah. I hope so. There's only one Gen 5 Mega, two Gen 5 Mega, one Gen 5 Mega. There's no Gen 7 Megas. Yeah. Mega Mimikyu. Yeah. If they had to abandon either Z-Moves or Mega Evolution, which would you pick that they abandoned completely? And you remember that it existed, but... <laughs> I mean, if they, were, if they were to pick... if they, if they had that? If they had a choice, I think they've went on record saying that they weren't satisfied with Mega Evolution after they came out of uh, X and Y, but they they said that the response for Z Crystals was overwhelmingly positive. And the cool thing about I guess the cool thing about either or is you don't have to use them. I mean, it's, from for me, from a game perspective, it feels weird that not every Pokemon has a Mega Form. Since there are Megas, and it's sort of based off of your bond with that Pokemon. So it feels weird. It feels weirder that only select Pokemon can Mega Evolve, whereas Z-Crystals, everybody can use Z-Crystals, and that's also based off of your move. So, like, as a player, I prefer Z-Crystals over Mega. And I would rather see more Z moves or that expanded a little bit than more mega forms. I just I was never all that wowed by mega forms. Well, I prefer mega forms because they just, it, it's like cool stuff. And it's like you get a whole new Pokemon that does something really cool. And if it's a Pokemon that you really like, then it's like, I like it even more now. My mega Roserade that has. There you know, isn't one. This is my <laughs> point. Poison uh, flying type or something. I mean, I like both, but... I like both, but I prefer Z-Crystals. Like, lore-wise, I prefer Z-Crystals over Mega. I mean, maybe maybe at the end of the day, they're trying... It's all... Uh, so, I went to... this. We're going to have to take a break here. But I think the weird thing is... 
at Worlds, they end, they always end with the Masters VGC. And it is, it is exciting to like watch fine, like high level players play those final matches out. But the entire time I was watching that, I couldn't help think like, why does the VGC always close the show? <laughs> it's, like, there are not nearly as many players as there are in the TCG, which is arguably a more expensive game to keep up with. Case in point, if you were watching Twitch that weekend, those numbers didn't come close to what the Pokin numbers pulled. There was over 50,000 people watching Pokin tournament for the finals, and I think the the video game maxed out at like 30,000 people watching and the card game i think also sat around thirty thousand people so it's always like weird to me that they close with the video game the the thing making them money is definitely the card game (laughs) and the thing with the biggest player base is the card game and the thing with the smallest player base is the thing that pulled the most viewers and i think that's that's not to say like the the other two things are not enjoyable to watch but i think it's very easy to sit down and watch a fighting game and know nothing about pokemon or like what the strategy is it's just very easy to sit there and watch a fighting game and go like that person's winning or that person's losing whereas if you're watching the video game it's kind of like oh they're like both for the video game both for the ds game and for the card game you could be like oh well this person's clearly losing but a lot of the times certain decks or certain teams they they have to lose they have to lose the first half of that match in order to win the second half of the match and that's not really the case with a fighting game well i think it's because uh, i mean pokemon was originally the the game the the video game and that these other things kind of have come afterwards so they're kind of showing that the video game is where everything started by making it the premiere piece at the end i mean let's not judge things by the number of twitch viewers that's not a good (laughs) (laughs) rating system for what something is well i mean it is is showing what's drawing interest but boy uh, there's a twenty thousand person difference that's a lot of people yeah, but what time of day was it? Because, you know, VGC finals is like Sunday afternoon when you're out, like, sitting by the lake or something. <laughs> I mean, if you're interested, you're going to make time for it, I suppose. Uh, the Pokin finals were on Saturday. Well, to see, there you go. There you it was go. raining, probably. It was raining over 20,000% more of the U.S. Than, than on Sunday. I mean, I think it makes sense. Because, I mean, the... The last day tends to be the least attended day anyways. But as the Pokemon company, you have to be thinking, you have to see those numbers and think how, or even just know the attendance of your audience of like, oh, you know, ten, a, hundred, a thousand people signed up for the trading card game, only 400 people signed up for the video game. You have to think like, how can we make this more accessible? Because the the entry to barrier for the video game is so low. You have to buy a or console. The barrier to entry. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the word. Um you have to buy a console, you have to buy a one forty dollar game, and then you're done spending money. For the TCG, you have to buy over like you have to sp- spend almost a hundred dollars every three months 
keep up with the current format and to just get whichever cards you need for your final match. And three of those cards are going to be 60 to $80 because you're going to need two to three Tapu Leles alone in a 60-card deck in order to be competitive with that. And that is, like like I said, every three months, you have to keep up with that. It keeps changing. Now, with the exception of this year where they have three different formats, all of last year's format was the same. You had a full year of testing, playing, doing that for just $40, given that you already have a 3DS. So how, like, is your game too complicated? Is it the breeding that's stopping people? It is, is it the the... The fact that you have a thousand plus moves, is it all the ability? Like, what is stopping people from competing in this kind of game? Oh, I, I can tell you very simply. It, there's a very simple answer to this. When you play the Pokemon trading card game, yes, you can play Pokemon online. But in order to get to Worlds, you're going out to shop tournaments, league tournaments, regionals. You're going places in person. So you're used to traveling to play your game. People who play VGC, a lot of them don't even invest in that $40 cartridge to the very end. They're sitting in their basement on their computer playing Pokemon Showdown, not having (laughs) to see another human being or leave the house, and mom's bringing them Doritos and Mountain Dew. There's no like motivation to go anywhere to go and play the game where TCG players, they have to go. They have to go places to play if they want to not be in the last chance qualifier. And there's like no real good solo TGC play. Like you can battle tree, you can download things onto your game, you can get a ton of experience without actually ever having to play another person for VGC. And you you that's a lot harder to do with the TCG. Yeah, I mean you can play uh, you know PTCGO, but even then it's so hard to build decks in there. <laughs> To get the cards that you need, where because there is no ability to just buy cards that you need like you would in real life. So you might as well just play the real life version. <laughs> but I also think this new format they're coming up with is to figure out maybe why people don't play it more. Like to see, you know, which format people enjoy. Is it a limiting factor of I have to collect all these Z crystals or these megas? Because, like, Megastones are harder to get in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. And is that a barrier that people just don't want to cross? We'll see. We got a full year before, uh, we got a full year of this format. We got a, more than a year before, uh, the 2019 game comes out. I'll be curious, though, uh, if they do anything competitive with Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, if they add another mini side tournament for those games or do what they want. I honestly did not think Pokin would still be around, but I guess it's clearly there was a draw on Twitch and there was a lot of people screaming there at the convention when those those matches were live. I mean, it's oh, fun to watch. like fighting games. I, I, I don't like fighting games, but there are people who just absolutely love them. Yeah. And what I, Greg I, said, I'm they not, are fun Yeah, to watch. I'm not great at playing at them. I love watching them, though. I mean, there's there's a there's a certain enjoyment and watching of that level of skill that I simply don't have the patience to develop myself that I don't get from a turn-based system like the VGCs. There's something about it that's just much more interesting to watch. All right, we'll take a... Speaking of watching, we got some Detective Pikachu news. 
That was a good oh, transition dear. too. But we're going to take a quick break first. And then when we come back, we will talk about Detective Pikachu. We will be right back. Defriars are a lot of work. Well, yeah, but you're talking about the, this will happen in a chippy. Slow down, Al. What's a chippy? It's a shop where you can buy chips. So the chippy. And we are back from our break. Media alert. I always love the uh, press releases that the Pokemon company sends me. I'm alerted. What am I? What? What? I'm on edge. What's happening? What? Media alert. Pokemon Detective Pikachu surprise movie reveal at the 2018 Pokemon World Championships. What? And you didn't tell me about it? What? Yeah, what the heck? It was a media alert, guys. You're media. We're media. I'm <laughs> I media. I wanted to be alerted. <laughs> At the opening ceremonies of the 2018 Pokemon World Championships, the Pokemon Company, along uh, with its partners from Legendary Entertainment, unveiled the official title and logo for their first ever live-action Pokemon movie, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Mr. Senuzaki. Yu Ishihara, I don't know how to say his first name, I'm sorry, uh, president of the Pokemon Company, welcomed the movie's director, Rob Letterman, uh, and actors Justice Smith and Catherine Newton to the stage for a surprise reveal. The stars also engaged the room uh, full of the world's best Pokemon players in a chant of Pikachu, which was recorded for the upcoming film premiering in theaters on May 10th, 2019. The official assets. Please click this link. Okay. I was not there when they did this. I was what? still traveling. I know. But oh. uh, I'm sure you guys have seen the logo and whatnot. I was not there when they were chanting Pikachu. But I was I, told. I was told that they, the director said that there was a fight between Pikachu and Charizard, and so they had the crowd chant Pikachu, and they're going to use that in the movie. Why would Pikachu and Charizard fight? They're supposed to be friends. Well, if you played Detective Pikachu, Will. Oh, I think I'm past that part, though. Or maybe I'm not there yet. <sighs> Did you get to the Joltik part in the, movie, in the game? I don't Spoiler remember. alert! I don't remember. <laughs> I haven't played the game. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, yeah, the Joltix, yeah, yes. Yeah, so then you know the Charizard part. Yes, but I don't remember Pikachu and Charizard fighting. Look, not everything is frame perfect to frame perfect. Okay. Also, when they say Pikachu and Charizard is fighting, I, Charizard, this is like a spoiler for, like Charizard in the game isn't actually fighting with anyone, but it is, it is causing a ruckus. Oh, I saw that footage at the TV studio. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Maybe I'll finish that game tonight. I, again, I wasn't there for this part. I, my, my flight got delayed, so it was a bit of a bummer. I was told the director tried to make a like Pokemon joke, and it didn't, like, it didn't hit off. And it was like, maybe possibly obvious that the director doesn't know anything about Pokemon. <laughs> Oh, 
He made like one of those Gen 1-er jokes that anybody who has continued to play Pokemon in their life is like, it is very clear that you have played nothing more than either red or blue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like I said, I, w- I wasn't there, so I can't speak to it. It just could be hearsay. You're probably curious of of Rob Letterman and what he possibly directed before this, right? Correct. Uh, obviously. Please. He has a couple films. He was the director for Los Gringos in 1999. Los Gringos? Uh, yes. Uh, Lake Placid. Oh, I, seen I know that, that movie. One. In uh, 2001, it says Propeller Head Los Angeles pre-production for the movie Shrek. I don't know what Propeller Head means. <sighs> so, okay, read that again. What? 2001, Propeller okay. Head colon Los Angeles pre-production for Shrek. Propeller Head. That's like somebody with a propeller on their head? A person who's obsessively interested in computers or technology. Propeller head. <laughs> the thanks, dictionary.com. What? I've never heard that term before in my life. Okay, A, we've come back to Shrek. So I feel like we need to talk about that for a bit. Okay. But is propeller head the, like, motion capture stuff? Like, are they getting people set up for motion? Was there motion capture in Shrek? There had to be. I'm I'm looking on IMBD to see if I can get any more details here. Okay, so all it okay, so Wikipedia not clear what propeller head is. But under IMDB it has director, writer, producer, actor, special effects, visual effects, animation department, and then under miscellaneous crew. <laughs> that it says help. Shrek it also says propeller head Los Angeles pre-production. That's so weird. I don't know what that actually means. I've never heard of that as a, it's like a, a crew member for a movie, but why not? So nothing to do with animation or visual effects because it's under miscellaneous. I don't I, yeah, I don't know, but we also have Shark Tale 2004 director and screenplay. Shark Tale's pretty good. Do you have opinions on Shark Tale, Will? I've never seen the whole thing. I know what it's about. Yeah. Uh, In 2009, director and screenplay, also story and voice of Monsters Monsters vs. Aliens. Uh, That was a forgettable Yeah, it was real forgettable. (laughs) Wasn't it? Yeah. Um, 2010 was the director of Gulliver's Travels. We even know they made another version of that old saw. Is that the Jack Black version? Uh, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I Stole my career. Even remembered that movie. Okay. 2015. Five-year difference between these two. Uh, he was the director for Goosebumps. That's a real famous thing. Also a Jack Black film? Yes, it is. <laughs> Stole my career. Curse you. In 2017, he was the executive producer for Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. I heard that's real popular with the kids. And uh, <laughs> 2019, director and screenplay for Pokemon Detective Pikachu. So he's the writer, too. Uh, yeah, apparently. Mm. Interesting. Well, it's adapted, right? So it's not 
best original screenplay. It's yeah, best, it'd be adapted best adaption screenplay. of an existing media type. It's the only we, to Oscar they're going to win. We have uh, we have the cast here on Wikipedia. We have Ryan Reynolds, which is the voice of Detective Pikachu. We have Justice Smith as Timothy Tim Goodman, uh, a young man looking for his missing father. He is also Detective Pikachu's partner. Uh, Catherine Newton as Lucy Stevens, a reporter accompanied by Psyduck. I can tell you right now, Lucy Stevens is not in this game. And nor did she have, was there a Psyduck? Uh-uh. Yeah, the reporters didn't have any. Wait, did they have a companion Pokemon? No, they did not. Catherine Newton was in uh, Ben is Back, Blockers, Three Billboards, Outside Ebbings, Lacey Bird, Mono, Martial Arts Kid. Paranormal Activity Four. Ooh, it, four. Don't don't look at uh, don't look at Justice's credits. <laughs> there's not a lot of them. No, there's not. Uh, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. That's pretty big. I mean, it's big. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is that ev- is that every, a new movie? That's the new. Yeah, that's movie. the new one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, every day, Paper Towns. Uh, Trigger Finger. I yeah. I don't. Uh, Smith originally appeared in Nickelodeon superhero comedy The Thundermans, playing Angus for two episodes. He also appeared in an HBO documentary series Masterclass and Vlog Brothers. Nope, not ringing any bells here. Does he look like no T- Timothy Goodman? I mean, not no, not, not when I saw game. in your stream. He does not look like Timothy Goodman. Uh, does he in look the like cartridge. a generic white dude? Nope, well, because he's not, he's not, white not even all. white. He's not white at all. <laughs> well, that's Nor cool. is he generic. I mean, he's very handsome. I yeah, agree. he's a good-looking dude. He's 23. Well, good for him. Hopefully he does well. I mean, Timothy, good- Timothy Goodman, Timoth- Tim Goodman, not only a generic name, as much as I love Detective Pikachu, his role in that game is very generic. It is just a vessel to move the story forward. Correct. Um, so I think it's hard for Justice Smith to mess that up. Well, this is his first opportunity to act with Ryan Reynolds, and then he's going to become super famous, and it's going to be great. Yep. Maybe. He'll, he'll star in the Static Shock movie. Oh, I would pay double to see that movie. I used to love that cartoon. It was a real good cartoon. We have Ken Watanabe as Detective Yoshida. How's about Watanabe? Yeah, Watanabe. Watanabe, all right. He's in a lot of movies. He is. Uh, he was in Godzilla: King of Monsters, which is coming out in 2019. Uh, Island of Dogs, Transformers: The Last Night, Rage, Sea of Trees, Godzilla, Transformers: Extinction, Inception. Oh, all I have to do is mention Inception, and Irene's head over heels for this. He was in Batman Begins, The Last Samurai. Um, these are some big movies. Unbroken. Yeah, I, he's- He's a very big actor. I've seen him in a, in a lot of things. He's quite good. Uh, we have Bill Nye. Not no, it's Nye. Nye. Nye, okay. <laughs> not, not, not Bill Nye the science guy. Dang. Also in a ton of movies. I mean, they have a very, very good cast for this film. We have Omar uh, Chaparro. Who is in Superfly, Show Dogs, uh, How to Be a Latin Lover, uh, Aztec Warrior, Super Fast, Pulling Strings. None of these ring a bell for me. 
I imagine this is going to be the coffee shop owner because he was like oh, Hispanic, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, yep, yep. With Ludicolo. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's probably the coffee shop owner. And then we have Titus uh, Welliver, who was in a lot of movies uh, Transformers, uh, Age of Extinction, Red 2, Mafia 2, Handsome Harry, Item 47, Biker Boys. Uh, never heard of any of these movies. You've never heard of Transformers? I mean, Transformers I have heard of, regrettably. <laughs> The big one was pretty good. Uh, was also in a ton, ton of TV shows. Was in CSI. I feel like if you're an actor, you always are in CSI at one point in your life. I mean, they need a lot of people. It's a good in. Play dead body number seven, and you get your SAG card, (laughs) and you're golden. (laughs) Um, it's a viable route to get a SAG card. I guess so. Ryan Reynolds, obviously, I, I think easily the biggest person here for sure. Well, no, I mean, it depends on how, like, how you want to find biggest. Like, Bill Nighy is huge. I mean, ton of work, a long oh, list yeah. of stuff. Like, a very well known actor, but just not, you know, hasn't been a leading role actor. You know, like, you know, the the. Well, I mean, he played Santa in Peppa Pig. How I mean, much more of a leading role do you need? <laughs> I True. I mean, but like, when you think of headliners, you know, he has not been a headliner or the main romantic lead in a while. Like, Ryan Reynolds is such a cutie pie that he's going to get Ryan Reynolds built. has been handsome for, handsome for far too long. He's, he's doing some evil craft somewhere. I mean, you're probably I mean, not he, wrong. He, he was on Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place in the 90s, and he was looking just as good as he looks today. Have you gone back and looked? <laughs> he looked real, real, real young and real. But I was also real young. Oh, true. So it worked. All right. So the, the poster says only in theaters summer 2019. And then the release date I have here is May 10th, 2019. Is May 10th summer? May as well be. Yeah, because after Memorial Day. Memorial Day is the official start of summer. Oh, okay. I got it. Well, Memorial uh, the Day other is thing... the 25th of May. Well, there you go. Like, well, it's before Memorial birthday. Day weekend. Most of the visual effects were provided by the same team behind the Jungle Book and Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. Letterman compared the visual effects to the character of Rocket Raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. They're technically some of the most high-end visuals in the world. It's completely photorealistic, and they're like like they are alive and in the movie. Additional audio recording of a supposed fight between Detective Pikachu and Charizard was recorded at the Pokemon World Championships. And you missed your chance to be in Hollywood for all time. I could have put that on my LinkedIn profile. Everybody at Pokemon Worlds got their SAG cards because they were in a movie. Yep. Except for you. It is stated for a United States. It's stated for release in the United States on May 10th by Warner Brothers, making it the first Pokemon film to get a wide theatrical release in the United States since Pokemon 3 the movie in 2001. How sad. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I hope this movie does well. I hope this movie I, I is do fun. Too. I, th- I hope it's fun, at least. 
It's not going to win any Oscars or anything, but not I hope. that attitude. <laughs> Maybe it'll win an Oscar for visual effects. Yeah. You don't know. Or oh, original true. adaption of a video game. Yeah, that one. That up and coming Oscar that's so popular for the kids these days. What, what video game movie has been good? Hmm. Uh, Scott Pilgrim? No, because that was based on a comic book. No, and true. Also, also, I, it was a graphic that novel, movie Will, please, not a comic book. Comic book and graphic novel are the same thing. Stop your pedantry. <laughs> um, uh, also, Street Fighter. because of the casting of that movie, I stopped reading the Scott Pilgrim graphic novels and never finished them, even though I owned them all. So I cannot say that that was good. What was your what was your next choice there? <laughs> Street Fighter. Street Fighter's a terrible film. But I love that well, film. I thought the first uh, Mortal Kombat was okay. Or maybe I've Ooh, heard I think wrong. I saw that in the theater. You know what was film the last I actually... Starfighter an actual video game? Starfighter? The last, yeah. The last Starfighter was a really good movie. You know which movie which... I actually shamefully love that's based off a video game? And I think everybody should watch. The one about the werewolves and the Draculas fighting each other? No. <laughs> DOA, Dead or Alive, that movie is trash, and I will watch it forever. I didn't think we'd ever get to a point where we'd mention Dead or Alive on this podcast. We, we all have our secret trash movies that we love so very, very much. I mean, She's it, all that. Okay, yeah, that is a bad film. <laughs> Uh, last bit of news here was also from the World Championships. Uh, tag Team Pokemon GX has been announced for the Pokemon TCG. Uh, today, well, today being whatever this press release came out, at the Pokemon World Championships, the Pokemon company unveiled a new game-changing card for the Pokemon trading card game, Tag Team Pokemon GX, the next evolution of Pokemon GX. Taking the stage at the most prestigious Pokemon TCG event of the year, the Pokemon Company present, President Ishihara announced that the Tag Team card will feature pairs of Pokemon of the same type, such as the Lightning type, Pikachu and Zekrom, joining forces in a battle on a single card. What? Tag Team Pokemon GX have unprecedented power and hit points, and some Tag Team GX attacks can knock out a Pokemon GX on the opponent's bench with a single blow. However, what? what? This sounds... Th what? Okay, wait, what? This doesn't sound good for the game. Okay, hold on. However, when a tag team Pokemon is knocked out, the opponent will take three prize cards, leading, three. To, leading to a thrilling battle that are high risk and high reward. For a first look at the powerful card, here is a teaser video. In addition to Pikachu and Zekrom GX, more Pokemon pairings will be available as Tag Team Pokemon GX. More details in the future. So if you're unfamiliar with the trading card game, one of the win conditions is to take six prize cards and you win the game. If you knock out your opponent's Tag Team Pokemon, you have literally halfway... <laughs> you have taken three of the six instantly, um, which is pretty cool. I have to say one of these tag team cards. Like, is yeah, it when Pikachu met Zekrom, Pikachu lost his ability to do electric stuff. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that. Um, so specifically, the uh, Pikachu and Zekrom GX have 240 
hit points. Um, the first move it has is called Full Blitz for 3 electric energy. It does 150 damage. Search in your deck for up to 3 energy electric energy cards and attach them to one of your Pokemon. Um, then shuffle your deck. So it's a very powerful attack. It's a little difficult to get to 3 energies right away in the game. That would technically take 3 turns unless you have Pokemon that could power that up. Uh, it's GX attack, which keep in mind you can only use a GX attack once during a game, is th also three electric energies. It does 200 damage. Um, if this Pokemon has at least three extra electric energies attached to it, so that would be six total. Uh, in addition to the, the attack cost, this will do 170 damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon. Do not apply weakness or resistance for benched Pokemon. Which is enough for 6 energies. It will do 200 damage to the active. And it has enough... 170 damage would be a Tapu Lele, which would be 2 prizes. To instantly knock out a Tapu Lele or anything 170 and below on the bench. Uh, it is weak to fighting, so... Uh, while this card is extremely powerful, one of the most dominant cards in the game right now is Buzzwall, which is a fighting Pokemon. Um, so Buzzwall should be able to knock it out pretty easily for the three prizes, but... So is this... Okay, so I know, like, next to nothing about it. Okay. Because I've only watched you play it on stream. So is this something okay. you put on your bench, build up, and then do, like, when your wacky switches in? You're one of your wacky switches. Retreats? Yes. Yeah, well, like... Steve would play cards. It's like, I get to swap Pokemon because I did this move or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you would, you would want to build this up. Uh, you wouldn't want to lead with this. This is, this is probably a later game card. Uh, you probably would... It's hard to say because it's the first time they've had something this powerful, uh, but also, like, this risky. Of, like, losing... So, okay, so here's the thing about the, the current card game. In order to win in the TCG, you have to take six prizes. More times than not, you almost always have to take six prizes. There are other win conditions, right? Like if your opponent runs out of cards in their deck, you win. If uh, your opponent has no more Pokemon on their bench, you win. That ra rarely ever happens in um, high-level competitive play where like your opponent doesn't have any other Pokemon to play down on the bench. That rarely ever happens. But the format has kind of always been... Uh, you have to end up taking seven prizes, and that's weird. That's weird to say, and that's weird to hear from somebody who like doesn't play the TCG. Because I literally said you need to take six prizes to win, but the current format is always like make your opponent take seven prizes, and what that means is that current Pokemon in the game, any GX Pokemon, uh, are worth two prize cards. So Tapu Lele GX or Galissapod GX or Land uh, or Buzzwall GX, Necrozma GX, they're all worth two prizes. So what I mean by say, taking seven prizes is you make them knock out like a Tapu Lele GX, that's two prizes. You make them knock out a Buzzwall GX, that's two prizes. Then you make them knock out a non-GX Pokemon. Let's just say you have like a, uh, a regular Mewtwo. That's one prize. So now they've taken five and now you force them to have to take out another GX, which is worth two prizes. When in reality, all they need to do is take out another non-GX Pokemon, but you don't let them. And you don't let them by not playing those Pokemon or not giving them the opportunity to. Because it's much harder to knock out a GX Pokemon than a non-GX Pokemon. Um, so that's what it means by taking seven prizes. You're 
pretty much forcing them to take three GX Pokemon plus a non-GX Pokemon as you're using as like a buffer, um, which like slows them down by one turn. And a lot of TCG games are really de defined by if you have an extra turn or not. So that's why it's hard to say what this card is going to do, because when you take in consideration that this card can, if you knock it out, can get you three prizes. Now you're in a, now you're in a situation where before most people were taking out three GX Pokemon plus one non-GX. In this situation, you're going, I'm taking out one tag team Pokemon, one GX Pokemon, one non-GX Pokemon, um, or one tag team, two GX Pokemon to win the game. So it does make it seem, again, we don't we don't know because the card's not out. It does make it seem like TCG games are going to be f faster, uh, in a sense, which can be good. Uh, some TCG matches last way too long. <laughs> Correct. But it, it does seem a lot of high risk, high reward. And you might have people that will never play a tag team card, uh, and that's fine. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. This card doesn't have any abilities on it, and usually, like... Mm, abilities are are so huge in the card game. It's this is probably not the best card they've shown. There's probably going to be a tag team card they show that is just going to blow everything out of the water. With fighting Pokemon being very dominant, especially Buzzwell right now, I can't see Pikachu and Zekrom being played together uh, unless the meta shifts where you know Psychic is the most powerful or. Um, Water is the most powerful, but that's not the current format right now. Okay, so since this is a basic Pokemon that you play, and you play it on your bench, do you think that it would change the nature of the game where people are trying to do more damage to the bench so it's weaker when it comes up? Do you think that that, like, how that works, and with as many hit points as they have, that's going to become more of a dominant strategy or is it just be like just be aware of it and prep for when it pops in the only thing i can think of now so with this specific card the only thing i can think of now is there's an electro card in the game electrode that if you force it to self-destruct which gives your opponent a free prize card <laughs> um you can attach a bunch of energy from your deck to pokemon so it could be a way to power this up quickly if somebody was to play this on their the bench, as long as it doesn't have energy on it, it's not a threat. But you ha you'd have to take into consideration of like how are they going to get energy onto this Pokemon? Um, Six energies, yeah, that's that's not easy. I mean, even three energies to do 150 damage is uh, you don't want them to get there because that move does 150 damage. Plus, it lets them take three energy out of their deck and attach it to another Pokemon, which is like, so powerful. Um, to do that, so you don't want it, you don't even want them to get to three. Most cards currently in the format do 120 damage, so realistically, you want to be in a situation where you know you can do 120 damage back to back to knock out this card, um, which is doable. Like I said, that's that's the that's the average. You want to at least always hit for 120, and this has 240 HP, so you're good there. There are like item cards. Uh, that lets you do a little bit more damage. There are also item cards or tool cards you can play on the Pokemon to let it survive a little bit. But we're also still in a format where max potions exist. Uh, where it can heal all the damage on you. So it just kind of depends. I don't think right now, again, talking just specifically about this card, I don't think there's a really good electric deck out there besides maybe like Vika Volt and Bulu. So I could see like 
Tapu Bulu and Vika Volt have a way to accelerate energy, so I could see them fitting this into that, but I also don't think that deck is really good, uh, so maybe that makes Vika Volt Tapu Bulu better. Um, that's that's the only direction I see it going in. I think that I think the biggest change for the TCG right now is that N has been rotated out. Yeah, there's nothing that does what N did, and that was just like such a staple for so long. And I think that goes back to like having faster games. Like if you were so, if you're unfamiliar, there was a card literally for the last what six years, six seven, or seven, seven years. years. Yeah. It was called N. It was based on N from Black and White, of course. But what it would do is it was a supporter card, and when you play it. Both you and your opponent shuffle your hands into your deck and you draw cards based on how many prizes you have. So if you have six prizes, which means you have not killed a single Pokemon, they have one prize, which means they've killed five Pokemon, it makes them draw one card and you draw six. And having one card in your hand near the end of the game can really put you in a situation where the other person can then play catch-up. And so many games were decided by just a really good end play of like crippling their hand so you can catch up and make a comeback. And that card has finally been rotated out as of this past weekend. Yep. And Prof- Professor Sycamore is gone now, but I don't have they replaced the professor because it, Professor Sycamore did exactly what Professor Juniper did. Discard your hand, draw seven. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's got rotated out to uh, Cynthia is the. Professor Oak of this generation. Professor Oak okay. and Cynthia do the same thing. It's shuffle your hand into your deck, draw six cards. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the format's going to be like. It is exciting. It is new. I love that the TCG tries this kind of stuff. And try is like probably not the right word uh, because I'm sure there was a lot of playtesting to be done to make sure that there is a balance here um, with things. And it has cool, fancy art. I mean, it looks real pretty. I, I do recommend watching the video on the uh, TPCI website because it's a really cute video. Oh, of them showing off the card for the first time? Well, like how Pikachu and Zekrom became tag teammates. Oh. <laughs> I'm very curious of what Pokemon they're going to stick together. I'm more excited to see, like, not necessarily if the cards are good or not. I'm just excited to see, like, what Pokemon they decide to put together and what moves they have. Yeah, do you think they'll a, always leave it as like a regular and a legendary, or do you I think mean, they'll a, do a cutie and a beastie? Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're gonna they're gonna have a Reshiram definitely. So who's gonna pair up with Reshiram? Victini and Reshiram? No, no. Um, oh, you you better believe they're doing Plusle and Minin. Like that has to be a tag team combination. It's not powerful enough. They but like they always have GX cards that are like not powerful GX cards, but are still GX cards. Like, there's a Mr. Mime GX that is not that great. It's really gimmicky, and it has really, like, it only has, like, 160 hit points, which is pretty low for a GX. Most GX Pokemon have, like, one, like 170 is decent, and, like, Tapu Lele is 170, but, like, Galissapod has, like, 210. I think Gardevoir has 230. Metagross, I think, has 240. Uh, so it it, it kind of depends, but I can see them doing a lower HP tag team card. Um, I can see them doing plus eliminin. I can right. s- I can see them doing um, I don't know what what other Pokemon are in pairs. Uh, ooh, Basculin and Basculin. Yeah, <laughs> du- dual Basculins. Red Basculin see- and blue Basculin. 
500 I, hit points. I would like to see like a, a poison card, which is Zangoose and Saviper, but Durant just and Heatmore. Yeah, but that's weird with like Steel and Psychic. What? With Durant, Durant Steel. Or oh, sorry, D- Steel, steel and, fire. and Fire. At least with like Zangoose and Saviper, they both have like poison related things. But I guess that would be considered a psychic card because poison is psychic in that game. Correct. <laughs> Real weird. I'm curious. I, I have a lot of TCG friends. I haven't played the TCG in, in a, a couple months or so, but everyone has been raving that the new rotation has been good. Um, for, the, for the whole week that it's been out, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure in another week they'll be salty again, but right now they're enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take one last break. Probably I should say also before uh, I found a shiny Pokemon. Let's go Pikachu. Let's go Eevee. So I guess that's the big thing that we can talk about, too. All right, we'll be right back. Uh, And they have also shown a new Pokemon called I don't know how to pronounce this, so you guys can correct me. Nakadandalay. Just like Nagandel. And we are back from our break. I went to Worlds. Yay! And you you won all the things. I won them all. I won it all. Uh, Was everything sold out at the Pokemon Center by the time you got there? So Worlds started on Friday. Uh, I believe if you were a competitor or staff, you could get into the Pokemon Center Thursday. But it started Friday. You did not need a badge to go to the Pokemon Center. You also did not need a badge to get Meloetta. And you did not need a badge to play Pokemon Go, which was uh, a thing that a lot of people just did. Uh, But no, the store was not sold out of things when I got there. They did sell out of the shirts and the hoodies and the bandanas right away. Uh, They still had plenty of ukulele playing cowboy hat wearing Pikachus. Which I did not get because I did not think that they were well made. Uh, the Pokemon Center was cool. It had a lot of pins that you could get. It had uh, pretty much all those legendary plushes that are now released on Pokemon Center. The Mewtwo, the Palkia, the Dialga, the Xerneas. They had all those. They only had one cosplay Pikachu and it was Guzma. Um, which did sell out pretty quickly. They had a couple mugs and a couple blankets. From the Pokemon Center. Uh, they had a lot of the Cartiari cuties. The little like bean bag. Kutari. Yes. They had a lot of those. Which did not sell out. Um, they had a lot of socks. They had World's Water Bottles. Or canisters. Or carab- carabiners. I don't know what they call them. Travel. What? Like, Tra- the, little cool- like the little steel cooler bottles. Steel. They yeah. Have, the steel they cooler. They have a carabiner on them. Yes. Got it, got Steve, it, got Steve it. doesn't know what a carabiner is because this is the second time he's called the bottle the carabiner. The carabiner. 
Okay, I was confused by the carabiner, sure. which I was like, I don't even know what that is. I almost it's got the it. Thing for for rock climbing and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you yeah. latch the thing onto. Yeah, but he's it's also a not a rock climber. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I almost bought that, and I opened it up, and there was a straw on the inside, and I was like, Nope, I don't buy any water bottles that have straws anymore. Nope, 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 nope. Why not? Because as soon as you mix anything in there, like Crystal Light or G Fuel. That straw gets bad. Yeah, because it's a water bottle, not a mix things in me bottle. Correct. That's a you different need a bottle, bottle altogether. For that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. If it has a straw, I'm not interested. I don't need pure water bottles. I need bottles that can I, I can mix things in. When's the last time you had a glass of water? I'm drinking a water right now. I'm drinking. A- <laughs> I'm drinking is, purified, enhanced with minerals for a pure, fresh taste, 16.9 floor ounces. We need to get that water sponsorship. That's true. Yeah, we need to get a water sponsorship. <laughs> Choking on my water over here. <laughs> we need to get the non-chokeable not, water not, sponsorship. Not that, please, not that one. Yes. <laughs> they had, uh, I bought a Marshadow plush, which was cute. I bought a... Pachirisu Cutie. I bought the uh, deck box. I had to order the bandana off eBay. They were $8 at, at the show, but they were sold out. It was 20 bucks on eBay, which is whatever. I wanted it. And that what was the last thing I got. Uh, Funko P- Pikachu oh, Pop? The, the deck box. No, they had no Funko Pikachu Pops. Uh, they did have the, um, the Celine, the Sun and Moon figure that you could get there for like 80 bucks. Celine? Yeah. The what? I don't know what they're called. The Figma figure. What? Yeah. Are you making up words? I don't no. know. What is it? Okay. What are you guys <laughs> talking? The Nintendoroid or Figma. It's Figma. Uh, the Nintendoroid's like the big-headed stuff. Nendoroid. Nendoroid. Oh, yeah. It's it's the Figma stuff. Yeah. Celine. They had that there. Uh, They had... I mean, like, pretty much everything they had was Pokemon Center related, unless it was Nashville related. Uh, I don't think they had any exclusives between those two. Between oh, Celine the trainer. I was okay. I forgot her name was Celine. Yeah, as did we all. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said Chicken Hat Nendroid, and everybody would have known what yeah, you're talking ch- about. Chicken Hat Nendroid, yeah. Um, they had a lot of stuff though on Saturday. They still had a lot of stuff when I went because I went Saturday morning. And then Saturday evening is when they started kind of getting a little bit lower. And Sunday is when they were Sunday is when they ran out of like the Pikachus. They ran out of a lot of the Nashville stuff. They ran out of a lot of the legendary plushes, but they still had a lot of pins, a lot of socks, a lot of the Cardiari cuties. Uh, but it was good. It was very big. It was a lot bigger. There was no line to get in. Apparently, the first couple of days there was a line to get in. Um, but it was very, very large. Uh, they had a lot of everything, so uh, it was good. Yeah, the Pokemon Center was cool. The Meloetta area just had a huge sign. I think I took a picture and posted it on Twitter, but there's a huge sign of Meloetta, and as long as you were in that hallway, uh, you could download Meloetta, and it was very easy. I mean, you just went to Mystery Gift, local Wi-Fi, connect, download it, and you were good to go. And then you got the Wonder Card, and then it would go to your delivery man. So that was great. 
They had a bag. So if you had a bag, you had to go through security to get it checked. I will not sugarcoat or lie. The security was garbage. They barely looked in your bag. Uh, I know there was some unfortunate events that also happened at another gaming event the same weekend. Uh, So I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'm glad that we had good security because we didn't. It was not great security. I will say after the news broke of that tragic event in uh, Florida, the security people started doing their job properly uh, for the remainder of that Sunday. And they actually took time to go through your bag. Uh, But prior to that all weekend, I went through it dozens of times and they it i mean they literally opened it and said okay you're good without moving anything around or actually like caring at all Mm. they had inside the event they had the a retro area where you could play pokemon snap or stadium or stadium 2 or whatever and they had a side area for the tcgs or for just side games and they did have a Chuck E. Cheese-like thing where when you enter a side game, you got 10 tickets. And if you won a side game, you got another 10 tickets. And if you kept winning, you get 10 tickets. And then you take those tickets and you can use those to buy plushes or play mats. Or um, if I think if you had 700 tickets, you could end up buying a Nintendo Switch. So they did have like a Chuck E. Cheese-like area. I'm not sure if they did that last year, but it was a eh, it was a way to be like... You know, you do a bunch of side events with your friends. You could all pool tickets together and get something cool at the end. Literally just like you would do at Chuck E. Cheese, because no one ever has enough tickets to buy one thing. It's always like, hey, let's pull our tickets together and get something. They had plenty of places to sit for the finals, and then they had an area where you could play Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. And your shiny luck held up. My Yep, my shiny luck held up. It was really funny, because prior to me playing Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, I, was, I met up with Joe from Cerebee, and we were talking, and he was saying how... He was saying how he played it and he got a shiny Oddish when he played through it. And I was like, of all people here at this event, it was <laughs> Joe from Cerebee got a shiny Oddish. And I think a couple weeks ago, we reported on that article from like eSports Gaming or something like that, where they were like, oh, we found reports of somebody in Europe getting a shiny and they didn't say what the Pokemon was. They were really vague. They said it was sparkly in the overworld. I think they said it was... I think they even went to the point to say it was like... It, was, it wasn't It was shiny until they actually encountered it. They were like, it works just like Pokemon Go. It's not shiny until you encounter it. But there's like sparkles in the overworld to signify you should encounter it. They were right and wrong. <laughs> they were right that... <laughs> One, I it, it's while I did believe that probably somebody got a shiny there, I still stand behind the author had no clue what they were talking about, and they just wrote up the article to get clicks. But they were wrong. It is shiny in the overworld. Uh, Joe said that his oddish was shiny in the overworld. I found a shiny Pidgey when I played. It was shiny in the overworld. Uh, so the like article it was so like you could tell it was a different color while it was walking around. Yes. Oh, okay. I instantly saw its beak was the... Well, for Pidgey, it's a little hard to tell. The easiest way to tell with Pidgey is its beak is like a pink instead of a tan. It was shiny. Oh, it would have been nice to get Oddish because Oddish is very clear when it's shiny. It was shiny in the overworld. The article said there were sparkles around it. That, it, that was true. Uh, if you watch trailers of Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, you'll see like the blue spiral or the red spiral signif- signifying whether the Pokemon is big or small. 
Um, and it does say that when you go into battle, which is cool. I think I ran, I think red is big, if I remember correctly, but I ran into a red Pokemon when that battle started. It was like, this Weedle is huge. Or it said something like that in like the dialogue, which was kind of cute. But there were sparkles circling around it, and I panicked, and I was like, that Pidgey is definitely shiny. Because not only the sparkles, but you can, the beak was very obvious that it was shiny, and I went to it. And I know people want to know, what do the shiny sparkles look like? I will say it's a combination of Gen 6 and Gen 7, where when you encounter it, there's like a ring of white sparkles that kind of firework dance, out of it. Dance out of it? Yeah, just like in Gen 6. It's like a circle of firework white sparkles, but in the center was the sun and moon star that appeared over it. Uh, I instantly noticed that the star wasn't as big uh, as it is in Sun and Moon. It was a little bit smaller, and I think that has to do because there are sparkles fireworking out of it. Um, and on top of that, the screen dimmed black uh, a bit too, hmm. which I believe it does in Sun and Moon. It dims a little bit black when the star sparkles. So yeah, it was very obvious, and uh, my every every uh, there was eight switches there, and eight people manning the switches, and then one person like manning the line and. My girl who, you know, taught me how to use it, she was like, oh, she's like, I've heard of one other person get a shiny this weekend. I'm assuming it was Joe. And she was like, "It, I've never seen this before, uh, which was which was cool uh, because she was also shocked uh, as well. But yeah, it was it was cool. The one thing I thought of, though, um, is when when she was explaining it to me uh, there were there were rules i heard about prior to so one of the big rules was you weren't allowed to go into your menu you couldn't hit the start button to like look in the menu uh, that was not allowed and if you went in the menu and you started looking through it they would kick you out Ooh. Um, if you went into the menu on accident they would just calmly ask you to hit the b button to go back but if you didn't listen yeah they would kick you out uh, the I other wonder th- what they're trying to hide. What's in the, the menu? The other thing was you weren't allowed to leave the Viridian Forest. So uh, our friend Drew, Drewski Drew in Slack, uh, the second time he played it, he booked it through the Viridian Forest <laughs> to get to Pewter City. <laughs> and as soon as he walked through the Pewter. door, Pewter, Pewter, Pewter City. City, as soon as he walked through the door to get to Pewter City, um, the guy was like, all right, demo's over and took his uh, Pokeball Plus away. <laughs> Dang. Um, so yeah, they uh Andrew, I'm so disappointed in you. I'm very proud of Drew for trying to Good job, to Drew. I should have stayed tr- in Atlanta. Tried to break the uh the the people there. I did ask the people if they were uh Nintendo employees or contract workers, as figured they were contract workers. They were just hired for the event. What else? Uh, I had to use the Pokeball Plus. I will say it felt great. It felt like a quality piece of plastic. It felt. I'm really excited good. to get mine then. Woo! I mean, I I don't know how else to describe it besides there are some plastic that just feels very cheap, uh, and there are some plastic that feels really good. And this what felt like really high quality plastic. That was awesome. It was a lot smaller than I thought it would be. I don't. How, have... Did you try to clip it on your belt and see how it looked? I didn't know. It was permanently tethered to the station. Oh, boo. She did explain that, like, um, that obviously the real version wouldn't be tethered. And I was, I was like, well, duh. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> she, 
She was very nice, but uh, yeah, it was tethered to the station. There was no clip on it, but I did notice like, so there are, I don't know if people know this, but there are two buttons on the Pokeball Plus. There's the actual button that you hit for the Pokeball, the, the iconic button, and then there's a joystick on the top of it where you can move your character. That's also a button um, as well. Yeah, but it felt really good. It was, like I said, a lot smaller uh, than I thought it was. There was some nice heft to it. It lights up, and then uh, my demo person had another Pokeball Plus with Eevee in it, and she, like, shook it near my ear, and you could hear it, like, the Eevee cry, uh, which was cute. Is it really loud, or is it, like, you have to be up close to it? Uh, I think if, like, I wasn't in that giant expo hall it would have been very easy to hear but it was it was loud in that expo hall uh i when she she explained it to me uh and like she was like you can battle you can walk around you can catch pokemon i was like hey can i just explore as long as i stay in the forest she's like yeah you you don't have to like catch anything i was like okay cool so i walked around probably for like 30 seconds and there was a bunch of like weedles and cocoon well i'm in viridian forest so it's exactly what you expect there's weedles cocoonas ratatas uh, and Pikachu's. They're all walking around, and in and a Pikachu did spawn eventually. Mm. Um, so I watched the Pikachu spawn in. It kind of just kind of like, almost like it it came out of nowhere, but like slowly like enlarged into the scene. <laughs> <laughs> it bubbled up from the ground per se. Yeah, it kind of just bubbled up from the ground and just kind of popped up and uh between some other Pokemon. So I almost had to wait an extra like four or five seconds for it to like move away from those Pokemon. And then I ran into it and encountered it and I caught it. Uh, My character was the Pikachu character. So I sent out a Pikachu every single time. And then I walked around. I did get into one trainer battle. I had to. So I used, you know, I, I I don't even know what the guy, it was a bug catcher. I think he sent out Weedle. It's all, it's all Weedles. Everything in this force was Weedles, but I ended up using a Thundershock and a double kick. And I will say the the moves were very lackluster. They were we we've talked we talked about this I think like two or three weeks ago as well about how the moves haven't really advanced in twenty years. I will yeah. say that like they were not impressive at all. Ew. Like compared to Sun and Moon, like my Pikachu barely moved forward when it did Thunderbolt, and the animation was yeah, not. Yeah, but these as... are low level moves. Let's let's see yeah, what maybe true. they put that's all true. their oomph behind the really high it was, level moves. It, it was just noticeable. And again, this was I I would bet a hundred dollars that this was the same demo they did at E3. I don't think it was changed in any way. I don't think that this was like a version two of the demo. I would wager this was exactly the same demo from E3. I don't. I don't expect them to like be putting time into demos at trade shows when like what they have is proves the point of what they needed to do. And then while I was trying to walk north, so if you remember Viridian Forest, there's like the upper right hand corner of the forest where it like turns and so you go back down into the middle of the forest. Mm-hmm. So that's the area I saw the shiny Pidgey. But prior to the shiny Pidgey appearing, I was walking up and a Rattata out of the grass just kind of ran at me and forced an encounter. How rude. That was cool, but also I couldn't help but think when the Pidgey showed up, I was like, oh man, what if another Pokemon spawns before it or next to it? Or what if another Pokemon runs at me? That would prevent me from getting to the shiny. Now I've heard reports that somebody encountered a shiny Metapod, ran away from it, and it was still shiny. 
but I can't confirm those reports. I can only speak to what I saw. So, but yeah, uh, Joe from Serebi found a shiny Oddish. I found a shiny Pidgey. There are pictures of it on Twitter if you want to see it. If for whatever reason you don't believe me, um, I'm reporting it as best as I can remember. Because one, I wasn't expecting to find a shiny. Two, it all happened very, very quickly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was very exciting. A question I got pretty often was, did it, did it feel like a traditional Pokemon game or did it feel like Pokemon Go? And honestly, it felt like a traditional Pokemon game. It felt like I was just playing a Pokemon game, walking through that forest again, catching Pokemon, um, avoiding Pokemon. It felt really, it felt like a natural progression of Pokemon. And I don't know what the 2019 game is going to be, but I love the fact that you can see the Pokemon in the grass and you can avoid them if you want to, or you can, you know, if you're looking for a Kakuna, you can see it and encounter it instead of just kind of running around in a circle, hoping that said Pokemon will still spawn. I will for say me, it was Okay. I mean, I will say, ever since Ranger, I have wanted Pokemon to appear in the overworld because they appear in the overworld in that game. And I have wanted that feature in the games forever. Like, I want to be able to see them in the environment walking around. So the, I, I am very excited for that. And just because they appear in the overworld doesn't mean they make it more or less rare. Like, through that whole forest encounter, I saw one Pikachu, and it I, I was lucky that it just spawned in front of me, and I ran and caught it. I didn't see any Butterfree, I didn't see any Beedrill, but I know Drew from Slack found a Butterfree. Uh, I know some other people who found Beedrills, so just because you see them in the overworld doesn't mean, like, everything is instantly common or not common they they're still rarity that to that kind of stuff and i really liked it I, I i love it and to piggyback off greg's point i remember getting nintendo power uh and them previewing gold and silver early and i remember seeing pokemon in the overworld there uh and at the time it was like the daycare situation or like pokemon in houses and i was like oh cool we can finally see pokemon in the overworld because you know the first time you see the daycare where you see two pokemon outside in the dark i remember the screenshot clearly it's just like oh look at you can get pokemon in the overworld that'll be so cool and that obviously never happened because we found out that that was the daycare but yeah it's something i've wanted for a long time and it's something like i feel like the random encounter mechanic was a very popular mechanic decades ago but i feel like that mechanics just not fun anymore yeah especially when you're hunting for something specific and it's just like will it ever show up i mean it really hasn't changed it's just that you can get a preview of everything that's there it's still a random mechanic you just don't have to go into every patch of grass to try to find it right i don't think it's that big of a change they've just like most things made it easier so you can get to the parts that you want but they've, they've well, made still it keeping so that, that random. Those people who did the the clock based thing, where they'd know like exactly what square to walk to based on the clock on their game and everything, they don't have to do that anymore. They just you can see all the squares. Twenty years of video games, a lot a lot has changed. Obviously, you know we found better ways to do uh, different things and whatnot. But even when I was playing Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire and stream this past weekend, all I needed to do was get to Groudon. Um, which I already got to Groudon, but I left the encounter to do something else. And so I was like, I need to get back to Groudon, which involves like 
four levels of caves, and there's nothing there in the cave. It's just like, walk through floor one, go down the stairs, walk through floor two, go down the stairs, walk through floor three, go down the stairs, and then do that like four more times, and then you get to Groudon. There's nothing to do. I did it all. I just have to get back to Groudon. And on the way, I just wildly encountered six gold bat. That's not fun. <laughs> There's nothing fun about that. And you could be like, well, Pokemon games have always been that way. But that's a bad argument. Like, games should be fun. If I'm getting to Groudon, which is my quote-unquote fun part, because I'm excited to see Groudon, I don't need six Zubats to slow me down. Like, there's just no fun to be had there. And now, in if it was like a Let's Go game, where I could see the Golbats, well, then I can choose to just run past them, weave in and out. And that's at least more interesting, and I feel like more up-to-date with current games than just this random wild battle mechanic. Especially if, like, even if you're a collector, and even if you've caught, like, four Zubats and Golbats because you're like, I just, you know, I want a male one, I want a female one, I want a extra male one, an extra female one just for trading. That wild encounter at that point isn't actually doing anything for you except being annoying. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, there are still people out there that really like that random I'm going into a battle and it's a, it's still somewhat a surprise like for those of us who've played turn-based RPGs including Final Fantasy for a very very long time the mechanic does feel dated but that doesn't mean it's a bad mechanic it means it's a very dated mechanic yeah and there's still a lot of people that really like that random they like getting into those battles they enjoy that they enjoy that part of the battle but I don't think that's the majority of people anymore. And I I think the bigger problem is that random battles just, they feel like a 1990s construct that hasn't been updated. And I think that's more of the issue for a lot of people that it's not a bad mechanic. It just, it's been around for so long that it's a cliched mechanic. And I think that's a bigger problem. I think I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. No, that gets people mad at us. We're supposed to not agree with <laughs> Oh, you're completely wrong. Randomness is the core. You have a whole program that you do about randomness. You I are do. a hypocrite and a and a backstabber. Is that better? Do you appreciate yeah, that more? Better. Yeah, that'll get us some that'll give us some likes. It's uh, it's it's clear that any video game they want as many players to play their game <laughs> as possible, right? They want to sell as many copies, they want all these new players to play. They want all these returning players to come back. I am so happy they're trying something new. And whether or yeah, not I, the Pokemon in the overworld stick for future games, I can't... I mean, I played five minutes of it, and I enjoyed my five minutes. I don't know what that five minutes feels like 400 hours in, but I can tell you what Sun and Moon feels like 400 hours in. I can tell you what X and Y feels like 400 hours in, and every other game prior to that. Because I've been doing it for 22 years now. Yeah. I know exactly what it is. It's is. It's been the same. Uh, it's find a patch of grass, run in a circle. That's not it. Run in a circle. That's not it. And there is fun to that. But also, I just think there are... I mean, I think they are actively trying to find ways to deal with the grind. I think the grind makes post-game less 
fun for people. Like, they had to grind a lot of hours to get through the main game, and then knowing that much of your post-game to find the Pokemon that you want is also going to be a grind, I think, is a factor that they're trying to limit. And it's a factor they should try to limit, right? Like, there are people who love grinding because it's mindless. Like, I'll sit in front of the TV and, you know, just churn out eggs grinding for a shiny. But I'm doing something else. Like, I, I am focused elsewhere. And, like, I think they do actively need to deal with a different generation that has different expectations about what it takes to play a video game and grinding isn't a major factor in most games anymore. I mean, which is more fun? So doing SOS battles until a Marini finally shows up 200 SOS calls <laughs> later or figuring out the Wimpod puzzle and getting yourself a Wimpod? Obviously, the Wimpod is much more fun because once you figure it out, you can do it and it's done and you move on to the next thing. I liked it. The friend, <laughs> the, the friend group I was with also liked it. Which did not include me. Or mm. me. But, but there was somebody named Will there. That's what I heard. Yeah. But DC. Next year, y'all crashing on my floor. Absolutely. Ugh. Got to clean this place up. <laughs> you got a whole year to clean up. You got a year to clean up and get some extra bedrooms. I, I well, that's not going to happen. Um, not with that attitude. I made a, if, I can't spawn bedrooms in a limited amount of space. Not with that attitude. But I made a huge achievement yesterday. I went to the city dump for the first time and I got rid of stuff. Congratulations! And so I know where it is, and I know the rules to go to the dump, and I'm going to be dumping a lot more. <laughs> dump it up. Beware when you visit next time, Steve. Dang. Uh, Will, you want to dump us our Pokemon of the Week? Well, that's not a very nice way to say it. So <laughs> I'll make it extra hard just uh -oh. for that. <sighs> Although there is no such thing as a Japanese taper, Pokemon based on this two-toned, prehensile-nosed animal from South America and Southern Asia always seem to be related to sleep and dreaming. Most likely, this is because of the mythological Baku, a similarly shaped creature that was said to eat dreams and nightmares. It received its strange form because it is made up from the pieces left over when all of the other animals were created. This week's Pokemon's relationship to the taper is also fascinating because it is two-toned, just like the Malayan taper. It looks like it is wearing a shirt and pants, or possibly pajamas. When it comes to Pokemon specifics, taper-based Pokemon can be pink and have the ability Forewarn, which, we alert, which alerts the trainer to the opponent's move with the highest power. In a double battle, it will show the move with the highest power, no matter who the owner is. Mm. How can you tell which of the taper Pokemon is this week's Pokemon? Well, there are three obvious ways. First, this Pokemon can learn some moves by leveling up, while some taper Pokemon cannot. Second, this Pokemon has both of its feet firmly on the ground. Finally, there are no gender differences between male and female members of this species. Who's that Pokemon? I know, I know, I think. I think I know. <laughs>
Although well, it's gonna go first. I just realized. I'm gonna say it's drowsy. What do you say, Greg? I'm gonna say drowsy. Because of what you just explained, I just realized Musharna and Drowsy both have two tones, and I didn't ever realize that before. Oh, well, that ruins it. If you didn't know that Musharna is also a taper. <laughs> yeah, Musharna's a taper, yeah. No, that I know that. That to be the trick. <sighs> the answer is Drowsy. You guys got it right. Wouldn't the trick question it to be Musharna? Well, Musharna doesn't touch the ground. Yeah. yeah. That's what get Well, when you said pink, that threw me off. But then when you came back, it doesn't touch the ground. Yeah, I, I was wobbling ground. on pink. But the but two feet on hip- the ground, I'm like, there's only one that's got two feet on that their ground. Could have been hip. Could have been hypno. No, hypno's not two tone. Hypno doesn't. It's no, nah, no. Nah. We're on to you. Uh, We're listening to everything about tapers you say. In general, uh, is hypno a taper at that point? Yeah, it is. Mm. It's got the little nose. Would Muna be a taper? Yes, because it's got the little nose. Muna's real cute. Except that Muna's got the little flowers on it. Yeah. yeah. Muna was a Gen 1 Pokemon at one point. Well, it got replaced by Drowsy. <laughs> so what is the gender difference in the Hypnos? That's what I was like just Are gliding there? by quickly. Yes. That's why it's not Hypno. Because mm. Drowsy has no gender differences, but Hypno does. Hypno doesn't really have a taper nose. It does has a little, little it has like a big nose. It has a big nose. Seen a taper? It's not like they've got. It's not an elephant trunk. It's just they got a little extra that they can wiggle around. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm looking at. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are no gender differences. With well, that says I get things there wrong are. a lot. Oh, it's it's collar. The male has a circle you circle collar, and the female's collar is very messy. It's fuller. It's, it's a fluffier. fuller. It's a fluffier collar. It looks more like a stole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Drowsy's shiny is like a pink-ish color. Go team pink. Pretty cool. It does have forewarn. I didn't know that actually. When you said Musharna, I was like, oh, Musharna definitely knows forewarn. Did you? S- is there really no trivia about Drowsy? What? I know. I'm yeah, so disappointed. How is there no trivia about this Pokemon? It's old. It's real old. Nobody cares about no Drowsies. I Hypno guess. steals children. And, it, and in the video games, in Sun and Moon, it does jazz hands. <gasps> it does. Uh, some trivia for Hypno, red, blue, and leaf green Pokedex entries make use to its Psy moves, P-S-I, possibly indicating an early name for psychic type in English. Interesting. It's not that great of trivia, though. No. <laughs> Need some I mean, love. We, we've used up the good trivia. We're, we're, we're just <laughs> stunk with the bunk trivia Pokemon. bad <laughs> trivia left over. Drowsy's okay. Do you have How Pokemon its, Go uh, stats? What's a good Pokemon Go move set? I have like uh, a million drowsies. You got them legacy drowsies? Yep. Uh, I think a legacy move for drowsies is like what Psy Wave? I think. I don't. I don't. 
don't remember the last time somebody has ever used a... I've ever seen anyone use a Hypno in a raid. Although, I did raid a Ho-Oh uh, over the weekend, because it was shiny Ho-Oh for the weekend for Pokemon Worlds. And uh, I used a team of six Stantler. And I was hoping somebody would be like, who's using the Stantler in this Ho-Oh raid? <laughs> they were looking but, at all the kids, trying to eyeball which of the kids was using the wrong ones. But uh, no, no one called me out on using six Stantler. To uh, defeat Ho-Oh. Did you defeat Ho-Oh? I did. Was but there 20 in your raid? There was 20 in the raid, yeah. That was the other great thing about Worlds was any raid you walked up to and just entered, there was instantly at least 15 people ready to go. Uh, it was a The real question is, did you see Taylor Swift? I didn't know. I didn't even Taylor hear Swift Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is here. We left, we left the area before she started playing, but I saw a bunch of people walking towards Taylor Swift. Like zombies. Walking towards that convention center. This is like the fourth time this weekend that Taylor Swift has come up around me, and I'm real bitter about it. You like Bitter Taylor? because you love Taylor Swift, mm. or bitter because you don't like Taylor Swift? I do not like Taylor Swift. Mm. Mm, I'm in your camp. No, yes. you have to not be in my camp. Arguments oh, I will. I can't like Taylor Swift, no, though. I just don't I know. enjoy her music. Steve like Taylor Swift. No. And we can yell it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I can't. All right, let's get on another. BTS. Wait, get Irene on the phone. Oh, uh, I haven't seen any BTS. Mm, don't mm. talk to Irene, then. I already got Are in you... trouble on Twitter, so. Yeah. It is what it is. All right. Let's wrap up this episode here. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast, Greg at White Wing, Will at Wash in the Sink. I'm at Dragging a Lake. Uh, leave us a review in iTunes if you'd like to do so. Twitch.tv slash PKMNCast. Uh, we're getting near the end of my shiny badge quest in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, so. We hopefully soon will be taking on the Elite Four with a full team of shiny Pokemon, so that'll be pretty cool. And that sweet Rosa raid! Yeah, and then uh, I, I'll get to do the Delta episode, which I haven't done before. Oh, it's so pretty be good. Interesting. Yeah. Just be... remember, you can't use that Rayquaza for the first two-thirds of the competitive year. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, I get to catch it. I probably sh probably should get the right nature. I can't use it at all because it would be caught in Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire and would have the wrong symbol. Oh. So I can't womp, womp. Use it at all. That's okay. I actually don't think I have a Deoxys. Um, at so all? I, I don't think so. I'd have to look at it. No, you must. You must. I don't. When, okay, how often was Deoxys distributed? Like a thousand times. No way. It was not one of it was the twenty. The year of, wasn't it in the year of legendaries? It was mythical. Mythical. Mythicals. Um, no, it was not. Oh, how do I have so many Deoxys? Uh let me check the distribution for Deoxys. I mean, you I know I got one from Pokemon Rocks that year that I went and schooled a bunch of children in the video okay, games. Here we go. It's been distributed not that many times. Okay. It's been distributed in Fire Red, Leaf Green, Ruby Sapphire, Emerald. Got it, got Space it. Space Center Deoxys, level 70. Nope. March 10th to May 14th, 2006. I'm just reading English dates, by the way. It was uh, Diamond and Pearl GameStop Deoxys. I think I have that 50. one. 
June 20th to July 13th, 2008. No, I don't have that one. And only one more time after that, which was Black and White 2, uh, Wi-Fi, May 8th through May 31st, Level 100, Plasma's Deoxys. And that was it. Hmm. What dates? Uh, for the Plasma? Yeah. May 8th through the 31st, 2013. Yeah, I think I remember standing outside of a GameStop in Rockville, Maryland, just to get that Wi-Fi without having to walk through the door. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. So, In Ruby and Sapphire was the event. That's the one I talked about, the Space Center one. In Emerald, Fire Red and Leaf Green, you would need the Aura ticket, and then you would go to Birth Island. I remember doing that. Yellow Darkness, you have to trade. Diamond Pearl event, that's the one I mentioned. Platinum, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, all through Pal Park. Black and White, Black and White 2, event, X and Y, you have to trade for it. Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, Edge of Space, Sun and Moon, Ultra Sun and Moon, Pokemon Bank. Not actually distributed that many times. Hmm. Maybe I don't have as many as I think. Well, if you, got you X- can get it in the Aorus game. Yeah, so. you can. Yeah, you can. You can, for sure. So it's basically just a legendary now. No, it's not. Shots fired. Oof. <laughs> Here we go. That would require you... It's still a mythical will exactly. because you have to suffer through <laughs> Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire to get to it. Suffer through? I'm in, suffer I'm through? That the game is brilliant. Ball, Greg. Just like here for the long haul. Just like most mythicals, you gotta suffer by going to GameStop to get uh. it. <laughs> All right, that's our episode. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are super effective. Super dump. And technically, it's a waste transfer station. It is not a super waste transfer station. (laughs) That doesn't sound as good. No. A quick shout out to our producers of this show, which include Robert, Kevin, Mason, and Cygnus. Thank you all for listening. 